Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is here to speak to His people, to encourage you, to meet you at your point of life today. Maybe you don't feel like you need a word from God, so maybe the word of the Lord will validate you today. Maybe you're in a situation that you're desperate to hear the voice of God and you're growing weary. The word of the Lord will do that. What's your point? My point is simply this. Wherever you are in the spectrum of life, you still need a word from God. So church services are never wasted. As we say, there are no throwaway Sundays. Because every one of us, including myself, need to hear from God. If you're able to stand, which is our custom and honor of the word of the Lord, 1 Kings chapter 18. Hallelujah. God bless you for being here. Those of you that are streaming online, we welcome you, even if you're watching in an archive situation in the weeks to come. We pray the Spirit of the Lord will minister to you as if it was live. 1 Kings chapter 19, I'm sorry, verse Kings chapter 18. I'm going to extract three verses. I'll be reading 19, 23, and 24. The Bible reads, Now tell the people of Israel to meet me at Mount Carmel. Also bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the goddess Asherah, who will get their support from Queen Jezebel. So bring us two bulls. Let the prophets of Baal have one. Let them kill it, cut it into pieces, and then put the meat on the wood, but do not start the fire. I will do the same with the other bull, and I will not start the fire either. Prophets of Baal, pray to your God. I will pray to the Lord. Whichever God answers the prayer and starts the fire is the true God. I was amazed at my study time that the man of God here actually went up against 850 prophets. And he's the one that's calling the shots. Bring us two bulls. Give them one, give me one. Cut it up in pieces, put it on the wood, and whoever starts the fire, watch this. Who's ever barbecue pit fires up first with the carne asada is the true God. And let all the tortillas say amen. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, I got out of the Word of God, sorry. I'm going to preach to this two words. Think different. Think different. Heavenly Father, once again, I stand humbly and honored to speak to your wonderful people that I, Lord, could bring a word into their life to transform, to change, 
to reinforce that you are the one true God in every situation. Let there be no distractions, God. Let us not leave this house for one moment. Let us lean into the Holy of Holies to hear a voice from God today. Bless us, God, as we receive from heaven. We ask this to be so. If you agree, could you shout back amen? Amen, amen. amen. God bless you for standing. You can be seated. Apple's Think Different campaign in 1997 lifted Apple from death's doorstep. They came out with a cliche. Here's to the crazy ones. Says that they may think different. They may act different. You may vilify them. You may do all these things. But the essence of the campaign to hear to the crazy ones, it's just that the people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world will change the world. During Apple's 1990, it was in a crisis. With only one campaign, they had managed to pull the company out of a death slump spiral. Steve Jobs says it only took 15, 30, maybe 60 seconds to reestablish Apple's counterculture image that we had lost in the 90s. You see, they were pushing the counterculture against Microsoft. Microsoft Windows in the 90s had captured 90% of the market share in the world's personal computers. Apple begins to push back as an alternative, an option for in-home computers and in devices. The iMac came out in 1998 as a pushback. The iPod in 2001 The cliche, the tagline that sold Apple iPod over the top was simply this when Steve Jobs said this, a thousand songs in your pocket. 2007, they debuted the first iPhone. 2010, the iPad came out. 2015, the Apple Watch came out. 2016, the AirPods came out. They challenged the world to think different. Apple understood we are not going to capture the market share in the home computers, but we can still be a player. We can still be in competition. And so they began to think differently. What can we do as a company to restore faith in who we are, our counterculture against Microsoft and against the PC movement? And they begin to get into a think tank and coming out with all of these devices. I'm not here to push Apple products. I'm not here to say anything about Android products. I'm just simply saying, you know what? When they begin to think different, they lifted themselves off death's doorstep in the business world, and they became the most valuable, richest company in the world today. Apple today has more liquid cash, liquidity, than the United States of America. Think about it. A privately owned company that has gone public. You can buy Apple shares. I'm not here preaching an investment seminar. I'm simply here saying what caused them to pull out of a death dive in their circuit is to begin to think differently. I'm going to ask you in my message this morning for you to zoom out. Open the aperture of your life to the what ifs. If I can dream it, I can do it. What if I had a dream and I thought that it was possible? Because I understand this at my age in life and the culture that we are pushing against. 
We are counterculture to the world. We are counterculture to humanistic thinking. We are counterculture to a lot of things because not that the church has changed, the world has changed. It's moving ever so fastly further and further away from the church. And so I wanted to help you understand this morning, the crowd is not always on the right side and the masses are not always wiser. There's something about when God is on your side and you begin to think different than the way the teachers are teaching in high school. You begin to live your life different than the way the professors live their life in college. Why? It's a counterculture against humanistic thinking. It's a counterculture against what thus saith the word. When anybody comes against this, then I'm going to think different. The true stabling force is the church. And the church always wins. I don't care how dark it gets. I don't care if they push masks or vaccines. Or I don't care whatever they bring down from above. If it goes against this, then it is not right in the sight of God. And then I'm going to think different. I'm going to push back against that humanistic dark culture, which is evil and diabolical. And it ruins people's life. And it destroys marriages. And it tears apart homes. That's not what we're preaching here. We're saying, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I've been set free. I've been brought out of darkness. I've been brought out of Egypt into his marvelous life. And I think different. I don't think like you. I don't go places you go. I don't dress like you. I... Come on. And Apple has won the market share. They have passed Microsoft in liquidity. As I preach this morning, I zoom out on my own pulpit. iPad, iPad, Apple Watch, iPad. I'm part of the cult. <laughs> Drinking the Kool-Aid, as they say. Don't really do that. But here's the thing. Now, if you're going to step in here and steal my punchlines, we're going to escort you out. He said I was apostolic. Okay. Now Brother Dorval has a partner with the hecklers out there. There's hecklers in every crowd. I'm just kidding you. Josh, can you see me? Look, look at me. Listen, listen to me. You see, the world is forever moving away from biblical and godly principles. Therefore, we, the church, will always think different. There's not much, if any, that the church and the world can agree upon these days. Young people in middle school, look at me. Young people in high school, look at me. Adults in college, look at me. Just because it's in a textbook doesn't mean it's God-endorsed and it's a biblical value. Just because you can Google it and you don't know the origin of the author or their lifestyle or their ideology does not make it right. But because I can find it in the Word of God, Every word is settled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. I don't think like you. I don't reason like you. I don't process like you. Why? Because I've been blood-bought. I've been brought out of darkness into his marvelous life. God has trusted me with his spirit, and I'm going to maintain a godly environment in my head and in my heart and in my friendships and in my home and in my dress and in my... Mm. What are you saying? 
I'm simply saying this. Think different. When it's counterintuitive to this, I say no. And we are living in a world in the 21st century and we are dealing with things and possibilities and sins that probably didn't even exist when Grandpa was behind a pulpit. And so we've got to have our feet on a solid, sure ground. Parents, let me talk to you for a moment. If there's anything that is contrary to the Word of God that comes across your spirit, you need to think different. You're not like the parent next door. You're not like Alice's parents. You're not like Jimmy's parents. You are the parents of God that God has given you kids. And most of your kids, we've dedicated them to the Lord, and we've bathed them in the oil of the Holy Ghost, and they've received the Spirit of God, and they've been baptized in the, in the name of Jesus. No, we don't think like that. Isaiah 5 and 20 says, Woe to them that call evil good and good evil. No, we don't call it that way. Sin is sin. And evil is evil. And God is good. And the word of God is true. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. This world is mixed up and messed up. And in my little bitty life, when I was back in elementary school, things that were not allowed in a public elementary school is commonplace now, and they've exceeded the barriers and the mile markers even from my elementary days. I'm just telling you, folks, and if you're watching online, this world is getting darker and darker and darker and more vile and more diabolical and more anti-God and more humanistic and everything that is contrary to the Word of God. I keep thinking to myself, how dark does it have to get for God to come back and extract His church in what we call the rapture and pull us out of this wicked diabolical place it's not my home i'm passing through but while i pass through i'm not going to think like egypt i'm not going to participate in the egypt's activities i'm not going to hook up with some egyptian no why because i think different i live different and my house is different someone shout amen so if the church always wins what is the church The church is about its teachings. The church is about community. The church is about its lifestyle. The church is about beliefs. The didactic word of God. That is what the church is. And in our opening story of 1 Kings, we find a showdown with Elijah, which I'm going to say would represent the church. And the prophets of Baal... And the goddesses, which represent the world, 850 to 1. You may feel overwhelmed at times in this world. Maybe there's 850 ungodly people around you, and you're the only one. Young people, hear me. On your high school campus, on your college campus, you may look around and say, I'm the only one. I'm the only two at Chaparral. I'm the only one at this at Temecula High School. I'm the only one at Great Oaks or in Marietta, wherever you attend school. You look around, but I want you to go back to my message on 1 Kings. Elijah was the only one. And watch this. He was setting the game rules of how we're going to play the game. You give us two bowls. You will get the wood here. He didn't, I didn't even read it there, but he, they wet the wood. Now, I'm not a real Boy Scout, but I just know when you start a fire, you don't soak it in wood first. Exactly. I'm going to preach over here. It's a little more forgiving. That side takes too many liberties. Let me try that again. 
Now, I'm no Boy Scout or nothing, but if I was going to make a fire, I know you don't soak the wood in water. Come on. I like this side better. And the prophet says, hey, let's marinate it in water. Put the carne asada on it. Put the little green chili peppers on it. And let's get the party started. Because I'm so generous, Prophet Zabel, you start the party first. Now, maybe it's my personality, but this thing is just reeking with sarcasm. I think Elijah and I would have got along pretty good. Oh, nope, 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 nope. And so he tells them, hey, I'm a gentleman. You go first. They pray, they pray, they pray, they scream, they cut themselves, they do all, and nothing happens. You've got to understand, calling down fire from heaven, I've never even read it recorded in the Bible before. Soak the wood in water. Counterintuitive. No matches, no nothing, no propane tanks, nothing. He says, hey, you go first. Of course, we know nothing happens. You see, this is what I know. Elijah thought different. He wasn't intimidated by the 850 prophets. Young people, listen to me. Do not be intimidated by the masses at your school. Just because they're an adult with a degree in English don't mean they're schooled in the Word of God. In most cases, you're more schooled than your teacher when it comes to the things of God. So don't think because they have a master's degree in something that they know what thus saith the word of God. They've probably not even been filled with the spirit. We're respectful. We go to school. We get straight A's. But no, I don't think like you think is right. I don't call evil good. I don't call good evil. No, why? Because I've been blood bought and I go to a church in Old Town Temecula and together we are the church and together we win and my home is still and my mom and dad love each other and they're why because I have a tendency to think different when it comes against the profound word of God the back story is the narrative they're in a drought and a famine imagine with me what the guards of the water thought Elijah's telling them get water a precious commodity and pour it on the ground. There's a drought. There's a famine. He calls for four barrels of water to be poured on the ground in the wood, and then he asks them to do it three more times. You see, if you're on the wrong side of God, you don't understand what God's trying to do. When you are on the outside looking in, it doesn't make any sense. Why do you dress like that? You don't understand. Why don't you go to these parties and engagements? You don't understand. The water guards didn't understand what Elijah was saying. We're in a drought. Twelve barrels of water pouring out on the ground. Wasted water for thirsty people. That's how they think. But Elisha said, no, no, no. I think different. I'm doing this unto the glory of God. And if he's the true God and I'm living right, doing right, dressing right, talking right, choosing the right friends, then God will prevail in my situation. So let the true God speak for himself. Again, my takeaway here is it's counterintuitive to what society was thinking. 
It's a famine and it's a drought. You do not waste water in a drought. Water is a precious commodity we cannot live without. And when someone says pour out 12 barrels on the ground, in the natural mind of the guards, that is breaking the law and diabolical. But in a mind of a man of God says, no, God showed me this. I'm thinking different. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to show you before it's over that God's going to consume the water and start the fire. And we're serving the true God. I'm here to preach to somebody this morning that in your situation, zoom out a little bit and think a little different. My first call, hear me now. I don't want to push your buttons or all your theology or however you process life. But my first call to pray for my little child ought to be to the prayer team or a pastor. My second call could and should be to the doctor. Oh, I'm sorry. You anti-doctor? I know I didn't say that. But if I'm going to think different, the Egyptians run to the doctor first. And if that don't work, they come to the church. What if I come to the church, and if that don't work, I go to the doctor? All I'm saying, I'm giving you some examples of how I can think different. When things aren't going right in my marriage, I'm not racing off to counseling first. I'm finding an altar somewhere. God, is it me? Is my attitude bad? Am I being irresponsible? Am I being unbearable? Is it I, God? That's what the Word of God does. It looks inside first. And I'm not preaching against any of that. As sometimes those things are necessary. All I'm thinking is if you're going to think different, you're going to have to start doing life with God differently. Why do I want to think different? Because it changes things. I'm not going to process things like the world does. I, everything I live in life, I don't process, Brother Tim, like the Egyptians. Why? Because I think different. I don't get up and move across yonder ways. Why? Because, hey, God, what do you think? Number two, is there a church there? Okay, Egyptians don't think like that. All I'm trying to do is provoke you to think different. Why? Because we have a different purpose. We have a different view. We have a different motive. And we get different results. And I, I take it as a compliment, but how many among us have people that they know that are going through situations and they know that the apostolics get results and they get a hold of you? Tell your church to pray. Tell your prayer team to pray for me. Say this. Why? Because they know we know how to get results. Why? Because we are looking at things differently and we are a born-again apostolic believer that we've been blood-bought, set apart from Egypt, and God is in charge, and our faith says yes when somebody else says no, or we see the possibilities that God sees when the world can't see it. Why? Because we think different. Well, the Foster, you can validate and correct me, but how many times have we received on the church voicemail somebody that we don't know to come pray for their home to cast the devil out? Where's Brother Foster? All right. Brother Foster was supposed to be up here all the other services. I don't know what happened. He kind of got busted this service. It's okay. Brother Foster, how many times have I tasked you, the devil chasing man? I asked this one lady, do you go to church? Yeah. Well, why don't you ask your pastor? They don't believe in that. True conversation. This one lady told me, I heard the Pentecostals still do that. We sure do. We're going to come help you, ma'am. 
I was just curious why you called us. Why? Because we get results. We don't think like other churches think. We don't think like other people think. We think different. And you know Brother Foster's personality. Can you imagine when he shows up at that door? I just say, I'll send one of our experts out. One of our professional devil chasing, punching. And when he leaves, the devil will leave too. Why? Because we have faith and we expect things to change according to the word of God and the power of God that worketh in me, so let it be so unto the people of God. Well, that's different thinking. That's my point. That's different thinking. We believe God to make a way where there seemeth to be no way. We believe God to bring a rainstorm in the middle of a drought. We believe God to answer by fire when nobody can start a fire. Why? Because that's what we do. Woo! Hey! Now, I don't want to embarrass any of you here if you're watching online, but if you need the devil cast out, call Brother Foster. I actually think he likes to do it. The rest of us do it because it's part of our job. Brother Foster actually likes it. Oh, I hope there's some devils cast out this week. Okay, I'll cast them out when they come, but I'm not hoping for it. But Brother Foster gets results. He's tenacious. Well, Foster, I don't mean no disrespect, but he's like a bulldog. Well, he is from Georgia, huh? Go dogs. He took that go dogs literally when he got saved. Then. Okay, I'm representing Georgia bulldogs, but I'm in the spirit now. Well, Foster thinks different. Sister Gidget thinks different. Sister Marie Williford thinks different. There's a host of us that think different. All I'm trying to do is to provoke you to think different. If you haven't been thinking different, today's the day. Why? Because it's going to get results. We have a different purpose, as I said on the screen, from Egypt, a view, a motive, and we get results. Can someone say amen? amen. I want you to notice this. That the man of God, after his prayer... Heard the sound of an abundance of rain in a drought. This took place after the pouring out of the water in a drought. I want you to notice on the progression of thinking different. Go to our story. The progression. Fire comes down. The man of God, the true God. He calls down fire from heaven. Understand, he's against 850 to 1, plus probably all of their audience and followers. He calls down fire. Then to settle the score, smart aleck, he kills them all. I'm in the word. Kills all the prophets. Then a rainstorm comes. Hashtag drought fixed. This all took place after somebody was willing to think different. 
you're not going to get the results on the back end until you start thinking different on the front end. You got to come against it with the authority of the Word of God. David and Goliath, David thought different. His brothers were older, bigger, stronger, cowering down. The men of Israel were scared. And David thinks different. Bible scholars believe he's about 17 years old when he killed Goliath. But he thinks different. Watch this. And he speaks different. You come to me with a spear and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. That's a different speech. We know the Bible says he picked up, the. I think the description of the King James is five smooth stones by the riverside, the brook. It is true, historically, that Goliath had four brothers. Now, I don't know, think with me for a minute. David's not sure how this is going to go. Five stones, five brothers. Maybe. But we was a David, but shouldn't you get 10? Because what if you miss? Get seven. Okay, you're a good shot. But what if two miss, David? Nope, only need five. So you are so confident, one per brother. Now, we know, right? When you attack a family member, the whole burrito comes at you. <laughs> right? You see, here's the thing. She's not here. She's probably not watching. But if I say anything kind of funny about my wife's mom, old mama bear comes out. But I say anything else, it's hilarious. Or about her brothers, right? Oh, your brother is so... And then her famous, famous comeback is, what about your brother? Okay, you want to play that game? So David's thinking, okay, Goliath, I, there's a good possibility his brothers, oh, no, you don't. So David picks up these stones. Our natural thinking, Brother Garcia, is I need pouches on both sides because if I miss, I'm dead. But I've heard from God. We know the story. My point is David was thinking different than all. He was thinking than Saul, the leader. When you think different in God, you get different results than people that are thinking in their own manner without God, outside God. The results are going to be different, my friend. Why? Because I'm believing in God and I'm trusting in God. I'm thinking different. I'm not bowing down and bending to the world's expectations. I'm not bending to society. I'm not bending to mandates. I'm not bending to some laws that are crazy. Why? I'm just walking according to the word of God. And at any point in my life or your life, we band together and we become stronger than any force against us, just like the man of God was stronger and more powerful than 850 prophets on the mountain that day. But he had to think differently. Unconventional. Uncommon. Unorthodox. True. Who else thought different? What about Daniel in the lion's den? Oh, yeah. 
You see, he was in the lion's den because he was praying to God and not to the king. And you would have thought you get arrested for praying and you're going to pray while you're arrested. Daniel probably thought, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And he opens the window. You know the story. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Hey, everybody's bowing down. I don't want to get too political, but... I got multiple hecklers on this one. Yeah, yeah. Egging me on. My point is, those three Hebrew boys said, no, no. We don't bow to the king. And so they fired up, what does the Bible say, seven times hotter? It's so hot, it burns the guys putting them in. I'm thinking the three Hebrew boys are thinking, huh? That's what you get. Won't do that again, huh? Right? Because you're not living. Can't do that again, nobody. Huh? They put them in. Of course, you know the story. Did we not throw three boys in and there's a fourth one likened to the Son of God? What? And the whole system shifts after that. But the three boys thought different. Not disrespectful, not obnoxious, simply different. What about the midwives who were delivering the Israelite babies and instructed to kill the males? Thinking different. What about the wise men who worshiped Jesus after his birth and was instructed to send the word to the king? Where is the Messiah? I'm not telling you. Simply thinking different. You see, often God works and reveals himself outside the commonplace, outside society, outside status quo, outside worldly culture. God reveals himself there. Moses in the burning bush. They're leaving Egypt. Food falling from the sky. What about the high priest? You get to the Jordan River, and the Bible says, when their toes touched the water, the Jordan River parted. That's thinking differently. What about the lady healed by a hymn? Excuse me, lady, I appreciate your ambition, but who told you him garments make you whole? I'm thinking different. Get out of my way. I'm thinking if I get there because my faith said it so, it has to happen because he's God and my faith is not a liar to me. I'm, go- I- I'm leaving the house to get results today. Who told you garments heal people? Nobody. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I think different. The Bible is chocked full of people that thought different. What, what about the two sisters with the dead brother? Raised from the dead? Martha, Mary, you can't think like that. I can think however I want. Nobody's raised from the dead. 
If Jesus would have come three days earlier, he was sick. Okay, we've seen people raised, you see? But Martha and Mary begin to think different. Something in their spirit told them, if and when Jesus could get here, my brother shall live. All of the accounts I told you, all unconventional, all uncommon, all unorthodox, all fought different, and all conquered and won. So think different. Here's my question to us this morning. What is your think different situation? All of the think different references I used in my message this morning, Juan, on the surface, were impossible. You can't wet wood and start a fire. Your toe can't part no water. Your pant hem can't heal nobody. You can't call somebody's name and they just wake up out of a grave. All impossibilities to the Egyptians, to the heathen to the non-believers. You see, my friend, they can't see what we see. They can't feel what we feel. They can't hear what we hear. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I hear a small, still voice. I hear the trees blow, the wind blowing through the trees. And the mm, Somebody's got to hear me this morning. I'm close. So I go back to my question. What is your, here we go, supuestamente, think different. Think different. What is your situation? You say, oh, I don't understand. What is in your life that you can't fix or figure out and you have no idea what's going to happen? Find it. Get it. That's my think different. That's my situation. And what I'm going to ask you to do and what we're going to do, I'm going to pray for us. But we're going to revolt from the natural and lean into the supernatural. The natural says it can't be done. You can't call fire from heaven. That's natural. But what is it in your life that if the supernatural spoke to it, you could be another bullet point in my sermon next Sunday? What if the supernatural, what if we as a collective group got on the same page in vain as your think different. Yeah. 
and we synergized in the spirit and brought you faith and we believed. And we as a church fought different for you. Because I understand sometimes when you're in a situation, it's hard to think at all, let alone counterintuitive. That's the value of the church. That's why you need a church. That's why you need to be here. That's why you need to be in a community group because it's the value that together we can think different when you don't have the cognitive skills to think at all because you're overwhelmed by your situation. Mm. That's why the church always wins because we are a body of believers, Brother Foster, that will not be taken down. There's too many of us. I might stumble and waver as an individual, but I got a host of people that will think different for me. And when I'm back on the mountain, I'm going to think different for you. That's why the church always wins. We're never shorthanded on victories. We're never shorthanded on faith. We're never shorthanded. If you're able to stand and stand with me this morning, but i got to ask you the question one more time. What is your think-different situation? What does the supernatural need to change that I know the natural can't? Young people, listen to me up front here. High schoolers, middle schoolers. What is it in your class, in your campus, that weighs on you and pressures you? What is it? The other students, the culture, the expectation, the pressure. Maybe that's your think different. Again, people that are counter God, I see them as prophets of Baal. There's more of them than us. Probably so. But it only took one man of God. It only took one move of God to call down fire. And so young person, high schooler, don't be overwhelmed by the students at your school. We respect, we go to school, we get good grades, we better. Go to college, get a degree succeed but don't let your spirit and mind be twisted by the humanistic thinking from some textbook and teachers when God's saying that's not me don't think like that why because my household thinks different my household is earmarked Old Testament but let me draw the correlation. The blood on the doorpost. You know what? That house was marked. Oh, I don't want my house to be marked. I want to be like everybody else. You think so? If you're like everybody else in the old days, if you're the oldest, you're dead. That day, I want my house to be different. Oh, dear God, dear dad, please hear the voice of God. I am the oldest. I'm too young to die. I'm thinking my personality, I'm getting up in the middle of the night. Did he really put the blood on? Oh, thank God. Go to bed. 
Wake back up with a nightmare. I can't die. Go back out. Obsessive. Oh, God, he did. That night, my house is different. And young people, if you ever think your house is different and you're wanting the other houses across the street, I'm just telling you, they don't always win. Your godly parents will win in the end and you'll win with them if you'll stay with it. And you'll trust the process. You'll trust your parents. You'll trust your youth pastor. You'll trust the pastoral staff. Why? Because we think different. I cannot find any biblical reference where someone thought different under the power of God to where they lost and the other team won. Doesn't exist. So modernize the principle for me. Okay, I will. If you stay submitted to your parents, I'm still talking to you high schoolers and middle schoolers, maybe some college students, and just go with the flow and trust them as they trust me and the word of God, you're going to win. The world will mess you up and shred you. How many among us have scars from when the world tried to shred us, but thank God we escaped and we found a repented altar and God changed us? We may walk with scars, we may walk with a limp, but praise God, I'm saved. And every parent, listen to me, high schoolers, every parent wants you to live life with no scars. And so you may think they think different, but they're trying to protect you from the evils of Egypt. Oh, we don't call it Egypt. We call it society. We call it friends. We call it high school. We call it clubs. We call it parties. We call it proms. We call it... mm, I need to pray for us. Back to my question again. What is your think different situation? And that's what we're going to deal with. Every one of us probably has one. You know what? For this to change, it's going to have to be supernatural. I don't have the bandwidth to figure it out. Good, your church does. That's why you need to be here. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, in your precious name, I pray, God, a fresh anointing upon every mind that we could think like you. We could think about the kingdom, the world that you move in and that you bless. Let us not think you're wrong and the world's right, God. Let us not call evil good and good evil, sweet, bitter, and bitter, sweet, God. But let us have a revelation of what is counterintuitive to the world's standards and expectations And we push back and we think different because you are almighty God. I pray for our students this morning, God, especially those in high school that have influences and voices all around them that could be counterintuitive to the word of God and counterproductive to their future, that you would put a hedge of protection around their mind and spirit and allow them to focus and allow them to get good grades, God, but not allow them to be led astray by some friend or person that thinks they're being kind to them. Give them wisdom, God, as a young person that they have the ability to think different. And they would invite someone to church that their friend could think different with them. And they would tell somebody, hey, there's other options in life. What are you doing? I think I don't think like you. I like you. I enjoy your company, but we don't think the same. God, I pray that you would anoint our high schoolers' minds and spirits. Anoint our parents, God, to mentor our students, God, that we don't get... Mm. 
Let not our high schoolers battle with depression, suicidal thoughts, counterintuitive to the word of God. We don't think like that. God, I need help, Lord. Give parents wisdom. Let the parents access the church, the pastoral staff. God, bring us together that we can think like you think and we can see like you see and we can hear like you hear and we can walk like you walk. And we know, God, that the church wins. God, I pray for every think different situation. God, I pray that the anointing would touch that. And if they're in a valley, that you would raise them up. God, if they're having thoughts that they shouldn't have, if their future looks hazy or their past looks jaded, God, that you would begin to put the balm of Gilead on it and everything under the blood is made whole. And though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow, Lord. Why? Because we think different. We think different, God. Mm. We think different. We live different. We talk different. We dress different. We go to different places. We hang around different people. Why? Because we don't do things like the world. We don't bow to Egypt. We don't bow to the king. Bless us, God, as we try. Restore our homes. The confidence, God, in the house of God, in the men of God, in the word of God. I pray for everyone that's watching today, God. Their homes, their kids, the schools that they are in, God. Hmm. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.